Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I have with me my friend, Paul Lavrentiev. Hey, what's up, Slavic? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, bro. I am so excited to do this. Um, we know each other for ages, for at least nine years or so. Yes. And um, today I want to kind of talk a little bit about his testimony, but most importantly, I want to focus on there was a time when you stepped away from the Lord mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, you went into a complete kind of like do whatever you want to do, atheism-filled philosophy worldview. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> yeah, and then the Lord brought you back. So that's what we're going to focus on today. So just um, get a cup of coffee and, um, you know, stay tuned. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. <laughs> um, so I think, I think it all started when I was like 18, 19. I was just, mm -hmm. I was, I mean, I grew up... <laughs> Most of you probably watching this, including myself, we yeah. probably grew up in Christian homes. And that's such the most like stereotypical Christian <laughs> testimony yeah. is you, uh, your parents, your parents were Christian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was just uh, borrowing their faith. And then um, around 16, I started to like drink and around 18 years old. No, mm. at 18, at 18, I went to this really big um, thing, get together with a lot of people. And yeah. there was a lot of like worldliness in it sinfulness and I was just not doing the right things and then I came to city on a hill and beloved that's pastor the church Slavic that we was, go to now yeah, pastor Slavic was thank there you and, and he was preaching about again cheeseburgers and uh, <laughs> cracked me up I mean of course cheeseburgers somehow led to Jesus in the end which was awesome and it was it's all about Jesus man the thing that he does and I know this very good is that he doesn't plan jokes in his sermons but they come out spontaneously that's yeah. right yeah. Not that's a good the way to do it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at it, but... You uh, know. No, you're hilarious. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'll yeah. take it. It's a blessing <laughs> for us. <laughs> um, it's great to know. Yeah. And then I remember uh, it was Thursday night and I got invited. My my One of my best friend's parents were out of town. And so mm -hmm. we were going to parties. And then Thursday night I, got, I was at church, a yeah. youth service. And they had a youth service down south on Friday. And I got invited to that. And I didn't really want to go... Um, because my parents' parents were out of town. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking either party with my friend and do, you know, drink and or go to church. But I got invited by a couple of girls, a couple of sisters, holy sisters. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Mm. Um, and uh, God works in really mysterious ways. And I, when I got invited um, yeah. there, I was thinking, OK, my bros or a car full of girls and totally for the wrong motives. And Jesus just came up to me and um, at that service. I mean, um, preaching. Yeah, uh, through uh, preaching. Yeah, through preaching. <laughs> and the preacher was talking about Jesus on a level that I never heard before. Yeah. And uh, he did an altar call, and I didn't want to go out front. I'm like, no, I'm not, because I'm going to have to be cool in front of these girls. And, yeah. You know, and they have to be you know, my friends. I'm going to give up all this stuff. I don't want to give it up. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, he says, there's still somebody out here. You need to come. And I'm just like. <laughs> yeah and i just kind of i like almost ran out and nudged everyone aside and i fell down to the floor and mm -hmm. um just cried i mean i was flying sorry if that clap was loud <laughs> i was flying and yeah. um all i could say was just jesus 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 and uh and then he comes up to me and he puts his hand on his head and he's like and i look up and he's like hey just the way that you walk through that crowd of people, yeah, yeah. Jesus is going to use you as a trailblazer. And that just really transformed my life. And then, um, I mean, honestly, I remember coming home, I was on cloud nine. I think that was when I was just born again, for sure. Yeah. And then something very powerful happened with you was, remember that party I was talking about earlier? Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, I got Russell, pastor, one of the pastor pastors Russell, of City Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he pulled you aside and he showed you this video with me in it. <laughs> so let's just uh, put some context to that because that was not a good video. Yeah, it wasn't. And, uh, oh you know, it's, it's crazy because, like, you'll change your life and you'll be a different person. It's out there. Yeah, but, you know, your, your actions that you've done in the previous, kind of like the way you used to live, it follows you. And I remember that that particularly, um, I remember my pastor at that time came up to me and kind of showed me a video of you not in the best light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was a promotional video for parties. Yeah, huge. Like, yeah, so you couldn't yeah. take it off because mm-hmm. the guy who, who did the parties, mm-hmm. he paid for that. So mm-hmm. he, you couldn't take it off I online. love the guy, by the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, Still, of course. So you can take it off online. Um, and I remember just asking Pastor, yeah. uh, you know, hey, should I kind of... But by this time, you're already Actually, what was really cool is I think serving. eventually he did take it out of the clip. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's really awesome of him. But yeah, so I was already in the worship group for two yeah, months so after that radical encounter. Yeah. And you pull me aside and you tell me, hey... Um, so I've seen I, this thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Lord, have <laughs> mercy. This is bad. Yeah. Because I had just seen it. I think it was the week it came out. I just saw it too. And I'm like, oh, man, that's it. I'm done. You know, church <laughs> is not for me anymore. And what did you say? Oh, well, <laughs> my, my pastor was just like, well, because I asked him, I'm like, do you think we should kind of remove him from worship after this? And he's like, no, I think this is a time for us to pull him closer. And this is not, uh, he is no longer who he used to be. You know, he has a new identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that I was a pretty young leader at that time. I was maybe two years into like p- planting uh, youth ministry. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't... You were almost my age. Maybe maybe yeah. you were a few years younger than I am now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really early in the, in the ministry. Um, but man, I, I don't know. Do you like our my new cuffs, by the way? Oh, dude, I love them. Um, the I community. always I always show a, show off this. Uh, this yeah. is um, Natasha Chaban. She actually bought these for yeah. the podcast. But kudos. This is uh, as you're drinking. I'm thinking like, okay, I gotta ask you this because the whole point of this thing, what we're doing, is I want to highlight people in our community that live in light of eternity mm-hmm. or are making decisions in light of eternity. Now I understand that. Normally, we would want to encounter Jesus and be perfect right after that, mm-hmm. or go to heaven. I mean, one of those those two. But it doesn't happen like that. It's it's a broken road that goes up and down. And I know that for you, it was kind of like that too. It wasn't exactly, you know, uh, everything good after that. You were in our worship team for for some time, and then I remember you started to like not come to church. Uh, mm-hmm. You started to kind of. And I sat you down. I was like, bro, like, what's going on? And you looked at me and said, well, bro, I got school. I got this. And I, I remember looking at you and saying that, hey, I don't think this is a um, yeah. kind of school issue where uh, no time, where I don't have time issue. I think this is a heart issue. Yeah. Um, but that didn't really change things. I do remember how you sort of kind of walked out of the church. Um, so, so what, what were you going through at that time? I think I, I just got, I think I got deceived and, mm-hmm. um, just because I had a, I had a very skewed image of Christ, um, mm-hmm. the way that I would interpret certain scriptures, like, um, become all things for all people. Yeah. I would 
I would literally become the person who I'm trying to minister <laughs> to instead of being the light to yeah, that person, yeah. you know. And I just totally took it out of context, and I, I didn't see that the Paul's <laughs> at the very end. The main emphasis is love, mm-hmm. and um, I think Jesus said uh, grace and truth, right? Yeah, Jesus came yeah, for grace and yeah. truth, and I had a lot of truth. I had a lot of like biblical knowledge, a lot of theology, and it puffed me up, and I became so arrogant. I would critique people's sermons. I'd be sitting in the sermon in the church, and I'd just be like, "This is wrong." Of and course, you never uh, criticize any of my sermons because my uh, no my, he my was hilarious was, he was really funny was great so. <laughs> <laughs> no obviously no, that's not true <laughs> uh, but so at that moment um at that moment you just sort of because uh, i do remember you kind of going through a, a kind of like a spiritual adventurism if i could call it that mm-hmm. where you were into really a reformed theology mm-hmm. and then you were I, yeah the thing is it's like it was always the next new thing and i i still feel like I still kind of am like have like a lot of like reform in me because I see like the reform verses and I see the other verses. Which, to be clear, that's not both. bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to be clear, it's not bad. It's yeah. just I think your pursuit was more for knowledge than yes, it was for Christ. Yes. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was just. It was all about that. Mm-hmm. There's a balance. Like I feel like now when it comes to like or, yeah. okay, for real talk, you know, Calvinism, atheism. Uh, sorry, Calvinism, atheism, <laughs> Arminianism. Because Arminius are Cal. No, I'm, <laughs> wait, atheists. <laughs> no, never. I'm. I don't mean that. Because uh, I'm. I. I'm. I'm right in the middle. You know. But the thing is, when it comes to that, it it gets our focus off of Jesus. Gets our focus off of the gospel, and that's the main purpose. Yeah. I stop yeah. preaching the gospel, and I stop. I mean, I, but the thing is, I was really. I was just. Zablush, dude. It was it was confusion. I yeah. didn't even know what I was doing. I was young and and ignorant as well. Yeah, and I remember that very well because I was going through a really rough time myself uh, with our youth ministry because we we had a wave of people sort oh, of yeah. going through waves. Like, yeah, waves rather. Yeah, and um, so they started with or reformed, and there was Calvinism. There was extreme Calvinism, where you yeah. know. Uh, and then some people went into agnosticism and then later atheism. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you yeah. almost kind of follow the same path, maybe not as drastically, mm-hmm. but it seems like you kind of went the same direction. So for me, it was it was really hard because it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, I, I'm an agnostic. You know, I didn't want yeah. I didn't want to stop being a believer. Um, I just everyone I was in a small group and I believe everyone yeah. in the small group, including the small group leader, whom I love and everyone in the small group. I still love you guys if you're watching this. Um, They're probably watching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love everyone. And, and the thing is, though, they all they all stop being believers. And for yeah. me, I'm sitting there and I'm supposedly a Calvinist, you know, and I'm like, once saved, always saved. And the Bible just broke. And mm. uh, so yeah, what, what, really what, tough. What followed after that? I, I went to I went to I left City on a Hill because I didn't yeah. want accountability, but I didn't realize that that's why I left City on a Hill. Mm-hmm. I wanted a more truth driven church, um, just to feed my ego. And I picked up smoking cigarettes I, because I was like, I'm free in Christ. No religion's gonna yeah. s- stop me. Uh, stupid laws, and and I was yeah. just so ignorant. I was the one who was stupid, you know. Um, but then um, over time, I think over the next six months, I just. I moved out and I stopped having a, a accountability in my church community and I started to smoke weed and that just kind of really, and then I started mm-hmm. to experiment with some psychedelics and, and that what that really did was it made me just stop caring and mm-hmm. stop pursuing Jesus. Um, and because I stopped pursuing, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm guys, I'm telling you guys, this is something yeah. I'm not trying to boast. I'm not proud about this stuff, you know? And if you are, you know, 
I'm sorry. I'm not proud about this. You know, I think that mm-hmm. this just goes to show. I just want to show that I'm a sinner and I have a really great savior. And I think that I'm completely changed. Uh, God has yeah. completely reformed and renewed me. And um, uh, it just, I was complete. And, and then uh, a year and a half, I was agnostic. And then six, the last six months, I was atheist. And then Jesus radically just changed my life around what what if you can make that um in a couple minutes what was that like i mean was it just something that uh, the lord um spoke to your heart what was it like an event so i had a super like vivid dream um and everything in the dream meant something a lot deeper and i didn't understand it at first it was like super complex Mm -hmm. but it was i wouldn't say it's like you know like physical like this right but it was so real and i woke up i'm like whoa what was that like what's going on and i'm like i need to read my bible you know (laughs) and uh, pretty much jesus i mean the first time you know i was crying and jesus was like come home my beloved son and this time he's like hey you need to repent Mm -hmm. if you don't turn back and repent my protection is going to come off of you and and i took that very seriously and the next few weeks were kind of like i wasn't too sure i was still trying to get into it and then it was like boom something radical happened Mm -hmm. and i quit smoking weed quit smoking cigarettes quit alcohol i was praying like an hour every day i was reading the bible but the fault was i didn't plug myself deep into community Mm -hmm. uh, into christian community and that loneliness led me to eight months later reach out to my old friends and i kind of what happened after I reached out to my old friends, I tried to fish them out to become believers, but I was the fish, not the fisher. Yeah. And uh, when that happened, um, yeah, I kind of, I backslid and I got a, I got a de- Dewey. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think by the second or third time you'd learn your lesson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> no, but I, I think, I think a lot of times when we um, encounter the Lord, for us, is it's an experience for sure. But I think, you mentioned that you were an atheist for the last six months. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think a big problem that I have with that in general is I don't think even logically atheism makes sense. Yeah. Because atheism doesn't have any basis for truth or morality. Now, I, mm-hmm. I'm i not saying that people who are atheists cannot be, you know, moral or truthful and honest and, and have hope and, you know, have purpose. But I think... I'm talking in, in light of eternity, right? Like I'm talking in in light of like of the bigger things, right? Uh, in light of life after death. I don't think if you believe in atheism, there's no ultimate meaning. There's no ultimate purpose. There is no ultimate truth. Um, and because of that, if God doesn't exist, then there's no really moral law. Uh, so for, for me, it was an experience where I encountered the Lord, um, like kind of like emotionally uh it was a convincing of me theologically but i think a lot of time i can never go back to atheism or agnosticism because Mm -hmm. logically i can never Mm -hmm. believe that i do think at times it might take way more faith to be an atheist than to be a christian yeah um i actually had a friend of mine who told me that he's 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 a full atheist uh he said he told me that when it comes to hope the Christian worldview um, really kicks butt. You know, it's Mm -hmm. one of the... um, For sure. You know, one of the most uh, kind of like hopeful worldviews out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is some of the problems that I have with atheism. So I know for you, coming to Christ was an experience, but was it like that too, where you maybe got to a point, you're like, I don't know if I actually believe this. When it came to um, 
atheism, I think the biggest thing was that I just, I, because of the community, because of the roots, I, I, I completely lost touch mm -hmm. with like, and I, I never really didn't not want to be, I always actually genuinely wanted to be a Christian. Yeah. But for me, when I became an atheist, I was just like, it's not real. Mm -hmm. It's logically, it's just not real. I wish Jesus was real. I even had a Facebook status and I think someone yeah. can address me. It's like letting go of imaginary friends are the hardest to let go, you know? Yeah. And I think, and in reality, there's no, I don't think it, honestly, I don't think it takes more faith to be an atheist. I think it's takes just as much faith to be an atheist as mm -hmm. it takes to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. Both are hard. Um, but with Christianity, there's a lot of things that make sense in the world, like forgiveness, purpose, hope, for sure. Yeah. You know, justice, love, mercy, justice, mercy. I mean, that purpose, the idea of the cross meeting the ultimate justice and the ultimate mercy of God. It's where he's just and he's like, I have to be just, but I love them. <laughs> And I want them and I have yeah. to be loving because because the thing is, people say he has to be just, but he's also loving and it's in his character. He would have to come down because he is loving. He's just right. as much loving as he is just. And and that's that's, I think, I think, I think a thing well, that people forget often. I would even take an issue with the idea that somehow, you know, uh, if it's not physical, it's not real. I know that's not what you implied, but I think there's plenty of things that are not physical, but we do believe in, like, for example, love or, yeah. or conscience well, like, can be or logic, too. right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that, that are there that are not physical, but we do believe in their existence, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I would even kind of like when somebody throws that up saying, well, it's not real physically, well, then obviously you have to ignore all these other things. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't want to spend too much, yeah. too much time on that, but um one thing i wanted to ask you so you you have this kind of like backtrack again mm -hmm. right uh and again like i've said a lot of times you think that we're gonna be christians and then right after that we're gonna be perfect mm -hmm. but that's not how it happened yeah and that's that you know? i know exactly what mm -hmm. you're talking about see the thing is is i thought like when i stopped being an atheist i'm yeah. like that's it i'm now I'm yeah. pristine you know like yeah. i mean not to say it just that atheists are bad people. I know great atheists that yeah. are really, really kind, generous, loving people. Mm -hmm. And and uh, the thing is, is that I just thought that once I was a Christian, I thought it was done. I thought the yeah. fight was over. Uh, like, sure, you know. Um, but I that was, was so devastating this time, was that I wanted to be clean. I wanted to be a mm -hmm. Christian. I wanted to be living in Christ. Mm -hmm. And then I gave in. The other time, the first time was I... I... Uh, I didn't believe it and I was just doing what I like my I didn't get convicted for it because that was my conviction staff like not really get convicted yeah. to get you know do things that would yeah and but, but I think to a certain extent I'm more compass was broken a lot of times yeah. people don't realize that once they become a Christian now you know up until now the enemy might not be after you with everything but when you become a Christian you know, we have at least three enemies. We have our own flesh that, mm -hmm. that is not redeemed. Well, it is redeemed by Christ, but we still live in sinful world. It's still pulling us towards sin, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we have the enemy, which is Satan and his demons. And then we have the ideologies and culture and all that of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily culture, because culture could be a good thing too, but like the ideology that exalts itself above Christ, you know? So we're fighting all these three fronts. And I, I think a lot of times we don't, we don't realize that and we feel like every single time we stumble and fall we feel like oh it's our fault 
but really, you're at war, mm-hmm. and you're gonna lose some battles. Mm-hmm. But I think what we need to know is that you know, Christ has won the war, yeah, right? Amen, amen. And that so, that brings me to my absolute favorite yeah. verse. This verse has saved me more than anything. This mm-hmm. is like the key. Next to Lamentations 3.23, where his mercies are new every morning and yeah. his steadfast never ends, yeah. steadfast love never ends, is Malachi chapter 7, verses 8 through 10, where it says, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I will rise. Mm-hmm. Though I'm sitting in darkness, the Lord yeah. is a light to me. And while I was sitting in darkness, while I was sitting in that moment of darkness, the Lord was my only light that I had. Yeah. And when it seemed like all hope was broken, all hope was lost, the Lord was there. And, and I mean, he's proved that to me time and time again in my personal life and in my personal testimony. And just I like the fact that that he is always there it, and he will he will bring me out into the light. That's yeah. the next part of the verse, knowing that, that I have that hope. I have that faith that even though I'm down now, he is my light while I'm down and he will bring me out into the light. It's just so, it's so how, freeing. How after all this, I mean, it's it's a lot to take in, but um, after all this, uh, I know that you went through some difficulty of personal, you know, like you went to, uh, you had a DUI as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I can really mention, but then that kind of led you to to Bible school. So yeah. how, um, my, my question would be, okay, where's your identity now and what got you there? Yeah. Right? Um, oh yeah. This, oh God, Jesus is so good. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, yeah. After the DUI, I was broken. Um, and did that happen in that time that you talk about, like, about a, you came to Christ and then yeah. you took some time off? And the thing that, that mm-hmm. really brought me back, I would say the, the emphasis mm-hmm. of what brought me back to Jesus was the gospel. The message of Jesus, mm-hmm. there's no story like that. I mean, there's there's multiple stories just like that, but yeah. I think it's human nature's internal longing for Jesus, mm-hmm. and they make story like you take Superman, right? He died. He literally yeah. died, and then he came back to life. You take every single superhero; they're dying, and then they come back to life. It's because they have this inner longing for an underdog superhero, yeah, which yeah. is Jesus. Um, um, and so after the DI, I was completely broken. I was in what you call the devil's cave, mm-hmm. which is just Netflix and porn and self-loathing and suicidal thoughts and darkness. Mm-hmm. And it's just, ooh, ooh, I hate my life. I hate myself. And the week of missionary school, I mean, I mean, my mom told me, hey, you have to call them. And I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> not going again. And I called. Um, they had a phone interview. I still remember who with. And I was, I was just almost, almost doing it as a practical joke because I didn't think I was going to go. So you didn't go to Bible college because you were so passionate about Jesus? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought I was going to be like rebellious. I, I, I often wonder. I often wonder if. Like parents send their kids to Bible college oh. just to like. I was a counselor. It's every single time. It's not just me. <laughs> so if you don't want to go, it's for you. <laughs> Jesus wants you yeah, either way. That's right. And uh, and I remember I quit smoking mm-hmm. cigarettes the second day of Bible school, even though I I, I had just repicked it up a couple months yeah. earlier after being Jesus saved me from it, and. Uh, and missionary school just radically. I mean, we had an hour of prayer from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every yeah. single morning. Uh, and f- after, I was like, I thought I knew God. You know, I told you all that yeah, theology yeah. I knew. And I don't know. After five minutes, I'm like, Ude. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm supposed, what am I supposed to pray? And then the third week, I remember the third week after we had confessions and, and I just mm-hmm. got like someone prophesied to me. 
the third week, there was this one moment where it was just, poof. after school, I came and I got into the closet and I put in my headphones because it's so loud in the house. Mm-hmm. And just like this flood of God's grace came in and I'm weeping and I'm just have so much joy. I feel so on such a level of freedom and like pure ecstasy, honestly. And it's just in my relationship with him. He is the joy. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking out of that closet and I just have a stupid smile on my face. And there's this brother in the in the hallway that I barely knew. And I loved him so much. I just came up to my, put my shoulders on him. I'm like, dude, I love you. And I literally loved him. In that moment, I could have kissed my worst enemy on the cheek. Like that was the kind of, that's yeah, the kind of love yeah. that literally transforms. Yeah. Like that kind of, experience and it's it was real you know it was it was sure it's subjective sure it's experiential sure it's not a fact Mm -hmm. but it was real it was he was there i was having a i'm having a relationship with him and Mm -hmm. and uh then god will provide missionary school if you don't make your beds in the morning you gotta go there that's a sign because they whip me into shape discipline i mean i started making my bed 6 a.m started getting my I mean, all my life, I never read the Bible fully through and through. There, I learned the disciplines of daily devotions and learning how to live in light of eternity in my relationship with yeah. Jesus, and my prayer life, my Bible reading life, and that that was really transformative. And then I went to missions, uh, Indonesia, those little yeah. orphan rascals. I mean, I love them. They changed, orphan my, rascals. <laughs> they changed my life, um, uh, and I think I just made them laugh, but they changed my life. <laughs> That's amazing, bro. So, Paul, what would you say right now? Um, you've been through a lot, and I know you went to Indonesia, you went to Bible school, and you're back now. And I know that you're leading a, uh, a ministry called Worship at Alkai, and I'm so looking forward to that. Me too. Um, what fourth are some year. things? Fourth year? Well, it's going to be the eighth year total, but my fourth yeah. year. I, uh, if you live in Seattle by, uh, by chance, I would encourage you to come uh, every single Sunday night almost. I think it's eight weeks or so yeah. of, of summer. Eight weeks during the summer. Yeah. Um, come worship with us at Alkai. And uh, <clears throat> I uh, hopefully uh, Paul doesn't get mad about this, but I do agree that, and I do think that uh, Paul leading worship at Alkai, it's a sight to behold. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, you flatter me. It's <laughs> very interesting <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, you know what? Someone said I'm eccentric. <laughs> so. uh, it's like, I love everybody. Like, <laughs> I'm like you were born about four, um, you know, decades a bit too late. Uh, you should be born in like 1960s 80s, or so 80s there. or whatever, you know. Um, but so, what are the plans now? What, what would you first? Let's start with what would you? What kind of advice would you give to maybe somebody that's listening right now and they're mm-hmm. going through the same difficulty and they're questioning mm-hmm. God's existence? What would you say to them? Ooh, questioning God's existence. We're just someone who's going through a really difficult time. I would, I would say for those who are questioning God's mm-hmm. existence, you're asking questions, and that's good. Sure. Ask more. Um, mm-hmm. Doubt your doubts. Doubt the doubts that you doubt. And then, um, and then when you figure out what you want to be, give it all. All mm-hmm. of it. All of your life. All of your devotion. Whatever it's going to be, do it all the way. Don't, none of that lukewarm garbage, okay? Just either all in or not. You know, Jesus, mm-hmm. he, Jesus doesn't want the lukewarm. If, you, if you're going to be lukewarm, just go all the way out or go all the way in, honestly. Um, and if you give to Jesus, give it all. And remember this is that when you fall, just get back up. The enemy, um, the thing is, 
my identity in Jesus, something that really has been changing my life. And this is, you guys are going to hear this from me, al yeah. so be ready. But that idea of identity in Jesus, I mean, that's something that's changing my life more yeah. and more. Is because guilt is your actions, right? I yeah. sin, so I'm I, I I'm guilty of sin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then shame is my identity. Yeah, shame is saying you're you sinned, so you're yeah. guilty of your sin, and now that becomes your identity. So you should be ashamed of who you are. Yeah. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, he took our guilt and our shame, mm-hmm. and he he took all of our identity. Right, that 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 snake. Right, the snake bite when the poison gets in here, yeah. it goes and onto him. And he gives all of his identity, that robe of righteousness. It's Amen. not that, that I used to always say it like this, and it's so much deeper than just this. I used to say that robe of righteousness is, is that his perfect record and his perfect life that he lived without sin, all of his good works that he did, and he gives it to you. And when the father looks at you, he sees Jesus works and he sees Jesus life. And that's true. But righteousness is his identity. You're yeah. now a son. You're a citizen of heaven. You're a saint. And when you mess up, you give it all to Jesus yeah. and, and you have that identity. That well, identity also, is I would want to add that keep in mind that the enemy, all he wants to do is to tempt you. And once he gets you to mm-hmm. sin, he wants to, shame you know, shame you. That's who you are. That's who you are forever. Yeah. And that's yeah. why he, w- mm-hmm. but do understand that he's a liar. Yeah. And you are serving uh, a father that's the father of truth. Um, so I always think, okay, why would I believe the enemy on this? You know what I mean? Because he's been lying uh, forever. Um, Paul, with that said, what what are some things that you are excited about? I know Washabak is coming. You know, you're back in Washington. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> I'm so excited, man. I'm just, Jesus, hold me in your arms. That's it. You know, I have so much joy day in, day out. I'm driving my car like a maniac, just singing and dancing to the Lord. You you don't drive your car like a maniac. Uh, I hope I I drive like a safe Christian would. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm like thinking like, what? (laughs) No, no. I mean, like, I mean, I dance and I sing and I praise the Lord. And um, I'd love to pull up to the traffic light. (laughs) Dude, I would look at you and I'd do this. And you would do this right back to me, bro. I probably put you on Instagram. <laughs> I wouldn't even mind. <laughs> and um, I'm looking forward to. I love my job. Yeah. Um, I get to. I get to just talk about Jesus often mm, on my job. And I've seen some like I've seen people weep in the in the semi truck uh, just yeah. in the presence of the Lord, and it's really awesome. I love uh, just community, church community, and I love. Where Jesus is taking me now. I love the friends that I've been in. I've really gotten integrated back into Seattle, yeah, yeah. coming back. Uh, worship on Alki. It's I'm already making playlists for Worship on Alki. Come on. That's like six months away, you know. Make sure and, you join the group on Facebook. It's called Worship on Alki. Yeah, yeah. So. And like Slavic's page as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the shameless plug. <laughs> um, and last question that I always try to ask pretty much everyone. Um, how do you practically live in light of eternity? Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, that's the whole point of this is that how do we practically live in, in light of eternity? What does that look like for you? I think, I think practically um, mm-hmm. seeking grace and giving grace. It's because mm-hmm. I remember that, that instance with how you guys, you and Russell, mm-hmm. and you guys gave me grace. Mm-hmm. You know, I should have been kicked out of ministry if it was some, if it was some two-bit mm-hmm. Jesus-loving fake. You yeah, know? yeah. 
Um, and you guys gave me grace and it changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming up to Pastor Russell and mm-hmm. after I had come back and with tears, I'm apologizing. I'm like, Pastor, I am so sorry. I can't mm-hmm. believe I did yeah. what I did. And and same with you. I, I came up to you multiple times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't believe that it was just once that I cried. Oh, I'm not me. a crier. <clears throat> He's a crier. <laughs> really? <laughs> Shameless blood. <laughs> and... Uh, and you guys are just so gracious. I mean, Russell's ver- quote well, verbatim was, I only have good thoughts about you and just... Uh, yeah. Well, um, that's because Jesus has good thoughts about us, yeah. right? And we extend that, which we've been, you know, given. Yeah. And so my goal is when people jack up my life, give them that same grace. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, you just really want to give grace. Yeah. That. That's literally... It's it's uh, the way the Lord I see it is I have a hardness of heart and He overcomes my hardness of heart and I harden it more because yeah. I'm like I don't want your grace I've hardened mm-hmm. my heart and then when I do that He like gives me more <laughs> grace and I'm and like you can't resist yeah it, you I'm know? like <laughs> just the shell breaks and yeah. I'm like ah, and then I become a crier so <laughs> see I yeah. told you He cries sometimes <laughs> just like. One percent of I every day. I don't think it's sometimes. I think it's a lot more than sometimes. <laughs> no, I said one percent of every day. <laughs> well, that was Paul Avrendiev. He is a friend of mine who I had an amazing time with, uh, talking and just kind of um, remembering all the old times. And uh, I'm going to post his social media in my YouTube description. So just follow the link to the video if you want to see it and then look for his social media there. Um, however, if you could rate this podcast, I would really, would really help me out. You better it, rate it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it would really help me out because um, the more people listen to it, um, the more people rate it, uh, the more people get to listen to it. So uh, if you could do that, that'd be awesome. And until next time, God bless you guys. Amen. Take care.